The MX Vice Show. Alright, welcome everybody to episode 140 of the MX Vice Show. We have an action packed show ready for you today as I'm joined by Ben Rumbold on site at the Fox Hill VMXDN. How are you, mate? And thanks for taking the time. No problem at all. Yeah, it's all looking good here. I've just had a Harry Styles cardboard cutout walk past me. So that's the sort of weekend we're looking at here. It's basically a motocross festival. And uh, yeah, it's it's only just starting to warm up. <laughs> uh, just like yourself, mate, with the beer in hand. Well, um, thank you for calling that out. I have uh, maybe had a couple of these beers so far. I have just bought the one fantastic DMXDN Fox Hill mug. Uh, but should we say this is not the first beer that is in it. But we're looking good. I'm good. I'm sharp. I'm professional, ready for the MX Vice show. All right. Nice to hear, mate. Bit of Vice life on location like we all were last weekend, weren't we? So uh, obviously me at the Aussie Motocross, you at the O Motocross and the MXGP, and obviously James was at the Farley Castle. So it's all happening, mate. Yeah, that's it. It's the height of the season now. It's really like in the depth of it. You know, we're like end of August, um, September's coming forward. All champions will be crowned um, across the board. So yeah, I really can't wait for the end of the year. It's, uh, yeah, fully booked and as a commentator and somebody in the trade, this is uh, this is what the part you look forward to. This is when it all starts to come to fruition here. Yeah, mate. Well said. Before we get cracking, we'll just thank the sponsors for the start of this one in Parts Europe. Parts Europe distributes spare parts, accessories, and rider equipment for all motorbike segments in Europe. We support the sport. Tagline is fortified through the Thor and Moose house brands and their support of world elite MX riders like Vlandrin, Prado, Langenfelder, Guadagnini, Jonas Bogus, and nine times world champ and Thor ambassador Tony Cairoli. Your Parts Europe dealer has access to all the big brands for your motocross and enduro bike, Necken, Pro Circuit, FMF, ODI, Cycra, Renthal, Recluse, and many, many more are ready in stock to be shipped. Check out their website at partsyourup.au or contact your local Parts Europe dealer. With a dealer network of over 10,000 shops, we're sure there is one close to you. All right, mate. So the credit started. Just tell us a little about the weekend to ahead. What are you looking forward to? How's it all shaping up there? Yeah, it's pretty hectic. I mean, it's um, I mean, for a start, the racing itself. There's nine different classes um, across all the various Evo, Super Evo, Ultra categories, all the various ones. I've got those written down from my commentary notes. So yeah, we'll be able to tell viewers exactly what's going on. And yeah, the live stream will be happening. Um, I think we're going to be rotating the commentators quite a bit. But yeah, it's going to be pretty cool. But um, yeah, I mean, before that, we the Show and Shine uh, event, which is kind of like a a sort of beefed up bike show uh, for anybody to come and show their bikes off. Um, that got postponed. Uh, because the tailbacks going into the venue were so long that not everybody was here on time for the show and shine. So they basically said, OK, we'll postpone it and make it through until mid midday tomorrow. So, yeah, they are still queuing to get in. Um, I turned up about uh, an hour and a half after the gates opened and it was still a 55 minute wait for me to get in. Um, so, yeah, it's uh, it's it's packed. And, uh, yeah, already the first main field is full for, for the for the camping. So, yeah, uh, they're into the second field well, well and truly already. So. Yeah, it's pretty intense, but um, I mean, like the the the, bar, the the beer tent is booming behind me. Um, they've got uh, a fantastic setup here. With um, I'm going to give them a quick plug. Click sixty six photography. Um, they are taking photos of the bikes and uh, all the competitors and stuff. They're the sort of official guys. Great guy called Andrew Sison with uh, uh, beard work that will put you and I to shame, Mister Stratman. They are really got a fantastic beard uh, effort going on. And uh, he's better with the camera than me as well. So no, you can start yours all you like. It's not going to be as good as this guy's. So yeah. Um, <laughs> But uh, yeah, so he's got a great setup. They've got the um, TMX uh, 
uh, banner next to the, those guys, the uh, store where you can buy the programs, much more professional than my little setup was last year. So, yeah, you can get your programs are much more noticeable this year, and I'm sure they'll sell more than I could uh, manage with my humble efforts last year. But, uh, yeah, the merch stand is actually pretty good. Um, if you're worried about the cost of T-shirts and stuff, if you're, if you're thinking about going to VMXDN, I thoroughly, thoroughly recommend it. Um, you can buy your uh, your glasses here. And, uh, yeah, if you see, we've got a Fox Hill hoodie, just £40. Um, a Fox Hill air horn, just £5, all branded with the VMXDN stuff, and just 15 quid for the T-shirts. So, yeah, it's looking pretty good. They have the chainsaws there. there too, mate. <laughs> Chainless chainsaws are banned. Um, so, yeah, no. <laughs> Disappointing. I think they're allowed to track side. That's about it. I think they're allowed track side. Maybe uh, I don't really know. But we're right here by the American pit. So if the volume's gone up. Hopefully you guys can hear me okay. But we're right by the American pit, and there's a beautiful number three pro circuit Kawasaki that's going to get ridden by Mr. Mike Brown himself. So yeah, totally looking forward to that. And then uh, of course the late replacement for T Ryan Vedapoto. Uh, Mike, uh, oh thank guys, Tyler Bowers is just there with a 500 Kawasaki. Yeah. Still looks like it's not fully completed yet, but he was a late replacement. And uh, then we got, yeah, the number one machine, uh, which is going to be written by Zach Osborne uh, on that one. So, yeah, that's looking fantastic. Yeah, the Americans definitely defending champions, and they are the stars of the show. There's no doubt about it. But I can't say they're going to be brilliant. Hello, Mr. Bob, how are you doing all right? This is the MX5 show. So, uh, yeah, we're just uh, recording it live this weekend. So, that's Ed the Australian. So, yeah, they've got X, Mike, and Rocco, Suzuki's, and. Um, Ams or Hondas all on show. It's it's really lush. So, yeah, it's um, I, and and you can hear the buzz there. You know the the American mm. pits uh, are absolutely stacked. So yeah, great stuff. Uh, the British team are a little bit more subdued at the moment. Um, but the Rio Kawasaki's are there with uh, Tommy Searles two fifty Kawasaki number four. I've seen seen that earlier today. Although at the moment, um, their awning is all boarded up because they're just, you know, they used to British Championship where things shut down at. 7, 8, 7 p.m. <laughs> yeah, so they're expecting a massive turnout there, though, mate, yeah? Yeah, it is. Yeah, I'm just walking down now by the side of the track, and they've got the um, uh, they've got the new section here that they've cut out of the of the hill. So, um, yeah, again, if you're thinking about it and you think, well, last year they were moving people back because the ropes were higher up, so the crowd couldn't get down the hill. And uh, so I'm just about to get rid of my eight-year-old. <laughs> right, mate? Yep, all good. Um, but... Uh, yeah, they've now got this sort of gravel pathway going on down. And you can literally get... So if anybody knows Fox Hill, um, those, there are the jumps coming back towards the finish line area of the valley. And that's where I am right now. And if a rider jumps off from here, I could probably high-five it. So that's like how close it is to the track. So I'll spin it around there so you can see it. And for the benefit of our listeners, uh, you can describe it. So there's the fence. Oh, and there's yeah. the track. <laughs> so it's uh... right next to it. I think... Somebody actually, yeah, <laughs> some classic um, ACU guy said, well, I think that's a bit illegal for a British championship, but obviously it's not a British championship. <laughs> <laughs> they might have to change it when we come back here next year. But um, yeah, you can get right next to the action. It's the main thing. The viewing uh, is massively improved um, from last year. So that's pretty cool. Um, you still cannot get right next to the big hills like you could back in the day, but that's, you know, there's not much you can do about that. Um, and then there's this new section, which I'm coming to up now, where they turn up. So, again, people knowing Foxhill will know how they drop into that final valley, like a really steep downhill area. Um, and now, instead of like jumping their way back along the valley, they turn back up the hill. So they turn back up right, jump up, almost right into where the crowd was sat last year, take a left, right by everybody, so you can get right next to the track and cheer people on, and then rejoin in that, center, that, that bottom section of the valley that you just saw. So, yeah, long and short of it is they've improved it, and it looks 
brilliant, mate. That's absolutely top notch. Got to say, it's uh, I'm really excited. Uh, almost wishing I wasn't in the booth all weekend, but the, you never know. I might be able to duck out. Yeah, <laughs> mate. How's the weather shaping up down there? It's going to be nice and dry weekend. I think so. Yes, the forecast is pretty dry. We might get a bit of rain on Saturday. Uh, we had some um, earlier today, just after the tent went up, so I was able to. Uh, get in the shelter, um, but there's a, a quick, quickly blowed over and it's back to shorts and t-shirt weather again now. So the track's going to need some work. It's dry as hell. Um, but, you know, the sprinklers are in, they know what they're doing. So it's still, um, yeah, nearly two near, nearly two full days till they start racing. So, yeah, I'm sure they'll get it sorted. But, yeah, it, it looks pretty smart. You can see now, I'll just turn it around so you can see uh, it's very close to the track now where, where mm. we can get to. Yeah, that's awesome, mate. It's looking like it's going to be an absolute banger of an event. Obviously, James was at the Farley Castle one last week, so it's pretty cool to see all these sort of old-school events coming back. People love them. Would you say it's clearly a rival for the British Championship in terms of attendance and stuff, these things? It just sort of creates more buzz. I suppose people love that nostalgic vibe, and they always come out in droves for these kind of things too, don't they? Yeah, I mean, um, if I was in the British Championship scene and, and some of the um, RHL crew are going to be here, I've heard, for this weekend, so that'd be pretty cool. Um I wouldn't see it as a rival, really. I'd see it as something that's promoting the sport. Um, yeah. You know, I think they really need to play it because, I mean, you look at the stars of this show this weekend. For Team GB, you've got Tommy Searle. Um, you know, Mel Pocock has been in the British Championship as well this year. Elliot Banks-Brown. Uh, there's a bunch of 30-pluses that are doing very well in the British. And then they've got this right engineering national team race, uh, which is a great idea. So that's brought through a load of the local guys, uh, sorry, a load of the um, the younger British riders who are, are competing. In fact, the uh, there's one team that, I can't remember the name of it now, but there's one team that has the three top riders or three of the four top riders in the Michelin MX Nationals MX2 series. Like, literally, these three guys are fighting for the championship next weekend at Hawkston Park. One of them is going to hate the rest of them because, well, so one of them is going to be hated by the rest of them because he's going to take the title away from them. They're like six points apart from four riders. And three of them are in the same team this weekend in this national team race on 20-year-old two-strokes. So I think that's great news. If you're a British, you know, if you're a British championship promoter, you are going to love the fact that these guys are going in front of, yeah, perhaps one of the biggest audiences that British motocross is going to see this this year. And you can say, well, look, guys, you enjoyed those guys racing there. Come up to Hawks for next weekend. They're thrashing out for a championship. And that is is the truth, you know? And it's like, well, let's just use events like this. Let's not worry about them being rivals. This is an advertisement for the sport. And that's really what we need. And it's, yeah, hopefully uh, that will keep it going. And, uh, you know, I, I love the fact that they're bringing today's current best British riders, really, apart from a couple. Um, you know, Conrad and Josh aren't going to be here. But apart from that, um, you know, everyone else is out here in front of a mega audience. And um, they'll be like, oh, those guys. Yeah, I like those guys. Let's see them at national championship level. And you might just see a little bit of attendance creep up uh, in the British championship. So there are eternal yeah. optimism for you. But yeah. <laughs> yeah, it all helps, doesn't it, it, mate? There's some pretty good internationals coming too, isn't there? Obviously, you've got the American guys. But aside from that, there's some pretty big heavy hitters coming too, isn't there? Yes, so you've got, yeah, the American team is um, Osborne Brown and Tyler Bowers stepping in for Villapoto. Um, the rest of the world team uh, in the VMXDN um, uh, team race uh, is interesting with Bobrashev in there. So I, I think he's going to be right at the sharp end um, because, yeah, he just is an animal. Um, and, yeah, then you've got um, you've got Jochen Carlson um, in the over 50s. Alessio Chiodi is out there, or Kiko. So, yeah, he's just turned 50, so he's just old enough for the over 50 team race. And, um, yeah, I'm really looking forward to seeing if he's got the same goatee, if he's just as hairy as he always was. And, uh, yeah, he was an awesome 
force back in the one two five days. And there's a few there's a few replica huskies up here as well. There really is. Sorry, I nearly stumbled fell down the um, uh, the hill there. Nothing to do with the beer, but uh, yeah. Keep- <laughs> yeah, uh, there's a couple of Kyoto replica huskies up here already, but I think he's riding a, a Yamaha, um, and of course Rinaldi, his old team boss, is up here as well. So um, they're going to unveil the Yamahas tomorrow night. That's going to be interesting to see, and uh, I'm, I'm going to try and get uh, an interview in with those guys. Um, you know, last year I met Dave Thorpe and Ricky Johnson, so I want to you know try and match that, and hopefully we will get Larocco and uh, Kyoto, maybe Rinaldi into the booth with us. That'd be really nice. But uh, yeah, Kyoto riding. Um, I say Carlson. Um, Van Horbeek was booked, but then had to back out. I think he's maybe have aspirations of competing in the real MXON. <laughs> so, uh, you know, it's kind of falls by the wayside a bit for this. But, um, yeah, I mean, Fox Hills is a stunning track. And what amazed me last year was that that old feeling from when I was a teenager of the horns and the air horns and the atmosphere wafting up from the valley uh, together with the two-stroke fumes and sounds. Um, it just gave me goosebumps. And I was in a TV truck, not even able to get trackside. So, yeah, it's just stunning event and you know if you're sat at home thinking i don't want to see a load of old farts you know wrapping around which is how i was with farley castle um they're on beautiful bikes beautiful replica two strokes but effectively new really yeah, yeah. they're 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 patterned but brand new you know and uh built for it and it's it's great it's a really good atmosphere and uh yeah i can't wait for it so it's pretty cool yeah, those uh, the dudes still rip, don't they, mate? They're still flying those blokes too aren't they they're still super fast so you get a good treat for the racing as well as the atmosphere Oh yeah, I mean Tommy Sewell's the reigning British champion. Yeah, you know, um, you know, and uh, if Kenny Bobashev has been on the podium this this year in the British Championship, um, Elliot Banks Brown has been like mustard. Uh, actually, won the single motor they had at the British Championship here this year, and he's in the main team race. So, you know, and again, yeah, you've got the serious like the cream of the youth. All right, maybe not the very very best in terms of you know, I've got Bobby Bruce and Taylor Hamill out there. Oh no, we have got Taylor Hamill out here. So yeah, we've got some guys who were racing Grand Prix last weekend are here yeah. at Vauxhall. Uh, that's that's. What more do you want? You know, and they're all on two strokes. And uh, you know, I know I don't mind the four strokes. I love the 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 grunt and uh, the, you know, the the sheer force that you get from a big 450F. But you know, for anybody that's a fan of the two strokes, I love the smell. You cannot replace the smell of a two stroke, let alone anything else. Um, and yeah, it's going to be pretty sweet out here. So yeah, anybody that's even listening to this and half thinking of doing it, doing it, come down here. You know, if yeah. not, tune into the live. Hopefully, I'll be talking to you. <laughs> yeah, well, I think I'm a bit late to get a flight out, mate. But uh, yeah, it should be a cracking weekend. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> before we, very, uh, very you know, we chat a little bit about the big news of the day. I guess Roman Fever extending his contract for another year with Kawasaki, which is pretty awesome. He's obviously been in electric form. He's won six of the last seven overalls, and he got a podium in the other one. So, just I guess a perfect idea to continue the relationship for at least another year. Be interesting to see if he moves to Triumph. After that, obviously, with that team relationship that he has, that they'll be running that program. So, yeah, good for him, good for the sport, good for us, mate, because he's going to be a big hitter next year for that championship with hopefully the likes of Hurlings and Geyser fit again so we can rekindle that 2021 championship battle alongside Prado, Sewer, Kaldenoff. There's so many, isn't there? Yeah, that's it. And Kirtz, you know, um, you yes. know I'll be forgetting the up. Um, so, yeah, I mean, you got to say that if Fevra stays healthy, he doesn't do any stupid super crosses in the off season. <laughs> Let's be honest. Um, yeah, then he's going to be a force for next year against a fully healthy Hurlings, fully healthy guy, sir. That's going to be a challenge. But if he starts the season fully healthy, no one, no one digs in like Roman. You know, he, he nobody, nobody wants it more. So um, yeah, we really hope that. Uh, yeah, I'd, I'd love to see him win this year. You know, it's been so long, but then it's also been. You know some really difficult times for Prado, so you got to say he deserves, 
you know, the luck that's come his way this year. You know, he's had three or four years of really bad luck since he was MX2 champion. So, you know, he thoroughly deserves to be MXGP champion. And, you know, people say, okay, he, he, all he can do is start, but he's won 10 of the 16 rounds, the first moto he's won. Yeah. Um, you know, so he, you, you can't say that he doesn't deserve it. So there it is. But yeah, it's, um, yeah, Fevre signing up for Kawasaki is great. I thought that Sira was going there. Maybe he still is. That I don't know. But yeah, um, we'll see how that goes. I'm not one to spread rumors, but that's just what I've heard. But uh, yeah, to have Fevre confirmed is great. And uh, and he's in for the nations as well. Yeah, yeah. It's going to be interesting, mate. That was an interesting announcement as well. You know, obviously Vial, it's a perfect choice with Ben Astant with the injury issues. And, and I think it looks like Ferrandis was keen to go looking at his little Instagram posts there, mate. And then Renault, <laughs> yeah, just be building back to form. It should be pretty impressive. But yeah, Fevre is going to be something special. And we've got to remember that he actually had the arm pump surgery before the season started. He was telling when you were at Hawkstone, wasn't it? The preseason race. So that was that sort of ha- held him back. And then obviously that crash in Spain sort of scuppered him a lot. But yeah, his riding's been flawless. It almost looks like he would be beaten, a, you know, almost up there with the peak hurlings at the moment when, you know, he, he's just riding so quickly. And it's interesting to hear, like, obviously Prado's won the 10 qualifying races and Roman's won three. And then the only other guys are Glenn, Ruben and Jeffrey that have got a qualifying race win. So it just shows Prado's dominance, mate. But, yeah, and also I just wanted to get your take on the, yeah, the France team. You happy with that, mate? It's probably the best in the situation. Maybe Ferrandis might have been a look-in, but he's got a lot of things up in the air with his team and his future. So they'll definitely be up there with the Aussies, the Americans, the Dutch, yeah, they'll be bloody good, won't they? Oh, yeah. I mean, um, you know, uh, like I say, I was at Ernay in 2015. Um, I spoiled my other half by saying this is motocross. It was her very first motocross. So it doesn't really get any better than that. Everything else has turned a bit rubbish since, you know. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I mean, um, the atmosphere at Ernay is second to none. And, of course, yeah, when I went, it was 2015 and it was uh, Fevre's Championship year. Yeah. And it looked like he was going to boss for years to come because he was just awesome i mean he just took just took webb and cleared off i mean Webb yeah. had nothing for him barsha um and uh and then muscan had that great scrap with barsha as well and every time every time the leading frenchman came down the finish line hill the whole valley on the opposite side of the track just went oh! just just absolutely awesome and i will never hear the french national anthem the same way again than i did when i was like literally under the um under the podium um, there was a Normandy flag made out of G-strings, which was just all you know, the black and white G-strings on, on, on a pole. I mean, <laughs> like, you know, just, that's just that sort of madness. Yeah, we just turned up and there's a bunch of Germans there in Viking helmets. Why were they wearing Viking helmets? I don't know, but they were <laughs> colors. And, uh, you know, the guy got the chainsaw out, um, red, black, and yellow flares. And um, bear in mind, their best rider at the time was Max Nagel. And, and uh, you know, it was, it was, it was, gone the time and Roxham was over it and wasn't riding it and um yeah the Germans had no chance but they didn't care they were just like <laughs> out for the party got the got the colored flares out got the chainsaws revving it around spinning it around scaring the life out of my other half and uh yeah it was it was awesome so you know you just can't beat the atmosphere at Ernay is what I'm saying it's a stunning stunning event and uh yeah the French team are going to be are going to have their tails right up wearing number four five and six um and especially with the Americans not looking like it's going to be the best Americans, should we say, is not going to be really full strength. Um, I think the French got a great chance, but they have seriously got their hands full with Team Aussie, and I'm sure you're cheering them on, Mr. Stratman. Yeah, mate, it's looking like we'll probably have the Lawrence brothers, and I'm assuming, you know, we're thinking Mitch Evans at this point, even though the depth is really great in Australian motocross, which we've talked about 
so often. But yeah, it's just interesting to see these last sort of MXGP rounds building up to that. Obviously, Madeley Basin is the closer, which clashes with Western, doesn't it? So that's something you might not be able to attend, but it should be a great one. And it's interesting, obviously, Prado's only got the two overall wins. It seems quite staggering that just sort of a testament to his consistency yep. and how he's done the Saturday work. So you sort of thinking more of the same for the final three as he just closes it out, mate. But Fever will probably just keep banking those wins, won't he? It's really hard to see anyone beating him, especially with the tracks coming up. It looks like he's primed for maybe close out the year with three wins, but you can never count out the guys like Jeremy Sewer and obviously Prado for those wins, but it's looking like he's going to be the man to beat for the final three as well. Yeah, I mean, it needs Prado to make a mistake. Uh, you know, the gap is 92 points. But, um, you know, the, 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 the stark reason for Prado being in that advantage, in that position is that he has yet to finish a moto lower than six. Six places his worst moto three times yeah. um, over the 32 motors they've had so far. Um, I, I, that was on the main motors. I don't know about the actual qualifying race. I think he had one duff one, but that was about it. But that's it. And that's, that's why, you know, he starts, he's always there. He is absolutely almost always there, uh, certainly within the top five, if not hole shotting. And um, it's very hard to beat a guy like that. Uh, you know, if he just doesn't have that bad race. Now, is he going to have the bad race in the last three Grand Prix? We've got Turkey, uh, we've got Majora, and we've got Matali. So he could, um, yeah, he, he could, well, there could be a problem. Or he, he can just, thing is, he can just see it from home from here because there aren't going to be many people, going to be that many people I think Seaver and Koldenhoff were the only ones at Arnhem that had Prado's pace. Um, Geiser had spent the entire race trying to get past Jorge. He couldn't do it, you know, and he tried all sorts of weird lines. I mean, he, there was one where he went speedway style on the flat, which was just bizarre. I mean, you know, he did his best. Fair play to Geiser for doing it, but, you know, he was just uh, just not able to make the move on Prado. And um, that's it. Prado rides, rides technically, beautifully, um, and he conserves his energy. Uh, even when he was blatantly slagging the track off, I mean, he just won the moto and he was there saying the track was terrible so yeah. you know, i mean if if that's a bad race then you know you take it wouldn't you so yeah i think prado's still i don't think prado's gonna lose it from here um like i say i i don't mind seeing either one win it i think they both deserve it um but yeah it's um whether or not he's got it next year when everybody's healthy who knows but you know only um only guys who was out at the start of this year properly and favor was still working his way back but yeah prado's prado's deserves to be world champion and um uh, it's going to be uh, interesting to see what uh, happens at the nations. I can't, I can't wait to see it. So yeah, yeah I'm going to do my very backside. So we say that much. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, mate. Just a couple more words on Arden. The track was brutal. The weather was nice and warm for him. You were on the commentary for Eurosport, so it was actually a great weekend. Yeah. It was cool to have a track like that. Obviously, there was a lot of criticism coming out of Sweden on that track, so it was good to sort of get that positive vibe going. And the riders seemed to enjoy it a lot more, even though Prado was saying how sort of the, the track developed quite strangely. It was hard to get that flow because of the bumps because it was quite a tight track, but it sort of raced pretty well. There was enough passing. The fans got a good treat. They were nice and packed in. They probably would have liked to have a bit more room, but that's just the way it is with these tracks. They're obviously condensed and trying to fit everything they can in for a GP event, but it was really good racing. And like you said, it's good to see Geyser and Renault mixing it back up there after their injuries coming back sort of gradually and Ferrato what a weapon on the sand he's become he's very impressive he continues to just show how far he's come and his development's been super impressive again this year and good to see Bogers there in the top 10 and Watson had an underrated ride because obviously he had to come back from a long way so it was good to see him gathering some momentum as well mate 
yeah, Watson rode really nicely um, to get through because he was yeah outside the points in that second race in particular, and um, yeah, we came through to eleventh. So I think I think Ben's proven that at world level. Um, he can stick it and he can get stuck in, to, especially on a tough track like that. Uh, I think that cements him in the British Nations team. I think it'd be very silly to uh, to leave him behind because he always also rises uh, to the occasion. He rides well for his country. Um, so you can get two good motors out of him as well as you know that as anybody else, really, should we say? Um, but um, yeah, Ferrato. Ferrato was a weapon. Well, what weapon did he use to knock, Bogut, to knock uh, Flanders yeah. off the track? I mean, what's going on? I need to see if somebody out there has got it. Posted Zerbex Vice. I need to see the front angle of that crash. All I saw from Eurosport was the back angle. And we saw Frato go across. And even Alberto had to go off the track. Um, and meanwhile, you saw Flying Vlander and headed towards the tree. I mean, he didn't quite get to the tree, thankfully. But it looked like he was going to be the comical, like, you know, one arm, one leg either side of the tree. And his head right dead center of it. It was like, oh, my God, what's going to go on there? So I don't know what happened. I mean, um, yeah, Lisa was uh, interviewing uh, Alberto in between and he said the track was like Lirop. I mean, a lot of people were saying it was more like Valkensvard than Lirop, but uh, obviously, yeah, it cuts up quite savagely. Um, so, yeah, I was just desperate for Lisa to ask, did you push him, Alberto? But she shied away from that, sadly. So. <laughs> oh, my dear. To... <laughs> um, but, yeah, so uh, where were we? Um, yeah, so the track, I mean, I loved the fact that the fans were close trackside, you know, I mean, there were more fans in, in and around the middle of the circuit than there were in the grandstands, um, which I thought was brilliant. I mean, just give us more of that. You know, nobody wants to see, I mean, I probably lucked out with the choice of Grand Prix. I mean, I was so lucky to get the Dutch one, not the Swedish one, eh? But, you know, I mean, uh, like... But you have had the Hurling's curse. To... The Hurling's curse. Well, yeah, I mean, he was scheduled to ride the British Championship as well. That uh, you know they they had him they, uh, RHL had him down to run the British Championship at Monster Mountain, but sadly, uh, yeah, obviously, and, uh, and the Indonesian rounds. Yeah, mate, he is. Uh, Mister Hurlings is avoiding me. So, Jeffrey, I know you probably way too important to listen to these podcasts, but if you are, just come and say hello to a big, lanky, bearded British rider who'd just like to say hello. Uh, you know, my father is thinks you're amazing, thinks you're the best rider since Joel Robert, and that really is saying something. Um, but there we go. So yeah, I mean, <laughs> uh, it was a great Grand Prix to, to commentate on with uh, uh, for uh, 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 Arnhem. I thought Arnhem was a great facility. The track was great. It it got proper technical, proper rough, and it changed as well. You could see that there were ideal lines halfway through the race that then changed and became far less than ideal <laughs> towards the end of the race. So that's that's a proper challenge. Uh, the lap riders were an issue. Um, so, you know, I think anybody who complains about the lack of riders sometimes on the grid, I mean, would you rather have a lack of riders and a clean race for the lead or, you know, uh, would you want to have 40 riders and half them getting in the way for most of the race? That was how it seemed to be. Um, so that's a tricky one, but, um, but either way, I mean, um, yeah, it was great. And, and the main thing is just to see, let's just open up these tracks, the middle of the tracks so you, so the spectators can get in there. And it adds so much to the atmosphere. Yeah, exactly. They're just like, there was one angle, there was one corner, there was the corner that Seaware crashed on, uh, where every lap you yeah. could see the crowd getting involved. And it, it just adds so much. Even when you're watching on TV, it just mm. adds so much because you can see the passion of the crowd. I mean, Koldenhoff there making his run uh, towards the end of the race was was brilliant. And part of the reason it was brilliant was because the crowd went bananas when he passed Prado. You know, it's just stunning. And then he was catching them up towards the end brilliant you know that, that's the sort of stuff you want to see uh, that's what motocross grand prix racing is all about you can get close the fans can get close they can see the anger okay you cannot get exactly trackside now with modern um rules as they are but get them as close as they can because it adds so much to the atmosphere and to the spectacle of all 
and uh, it was great to see it on them and hopefully we'll see it some more. Yeah, and the riders love it too. You know, they get spurred on by the, everyone cheering them. They love the noise. They love the flares, the chainsaws, horns, whatever. That sort of gives you Who a kick. So, yeah, absolutely. And I wanted to sort of get your thoughts on Liam Everts. Really, you know, continues his really impressive season, proving a lot of people wrong. Obviously, he's the only man in MX2 to have points in all of the qualifying races, which our mate Paul Pierce, he sent us a couple of stats. And he leads the qualifying race points with 107. And the next best is Langenfelder on 101. And he's obviously hasn't scored points in four of them because he missed so many with the injury. So it's sort of interesting how that's played out. The MX2 has been absolutely devastated by injuries, that class. But And obviously this week, it was the second time that this year that the rider, Wadamoto, won the overall. Obviously, Everts did it last weekend yeah. in the Damo and Trentino when obviously he had that special moment where he was hugging Cairoli and Everts afterwards, which was, which was pretty cool for the team. And they're proving everyone wrong, that Red Bull KTM outfit. Many question marks over, you know, where that future of that was heading this year and if they'd get wins, if they'd get podiums and all this. And they've certainly uh, flipped the script on everyone with the Damo set to be crowned champion. And just one more little bit of uh, stats for you, mate. Yago still leads the laps led with 188. The next best is Langenfelder with 102. Quite staggering, isn't it? Well, there's some peachy, piercy stats in there, my friend. Absolutely crazy stuff. <laughs> yeah, I mean... It's difficult not to be biased towards uh, Everett. I was always a fan when I was a kid of Stefan. I mean, he um, he just epitomized the the smooth style, um, making it look effortless. And oh, it looks boring sometimes, but it's like Jet Lawrence. But it's like it's an art form because it, motocross is not that easy. You know? And to see it being made look easy is like wow. Um, you know, I mean, you've got you've got your you've got your Seawers who make you jump back and say his name every time you see him because it looks like he's going to be off. Uh, and then he was, um, but you know, and that's great to see as well the effort and the contrast. But um, yeah, to see an artist like that ride is, is just beautiful. And Liam has that same style. Um, but how about this for digging in though on that last lap against Kiertz? I mean, yeah. he saw the opening. I think there's a lap rider that caused the opening um, that that denied Kiertz the um, uh, well, basically allowed Everett to make the move back on Yago. So um, you know, that's another story. But I mean, the way Everett just launched it off of that big uh, that big jump. And like landed with his backside on the back mudguard and then got the gas on. I mean, that was just all about wanting it. You know, you couldn't, there's no, <laughs> there was no style points there. <laughs> so, yeah, and that's that's great to see. You know, I mean, it's it must be so difficult for him with that name. If it was me, I wouldn't run the back, I wouldn't run the number. I wouldn't run the 72. No, clear off. I want my own number and I don't want any, I don't want any bigger target than my surname on the bike. But that big 72, he's wearing that as well. <laughs> I wouldn't. I simply wouldn't. Sorry, I wouldn't do it. I mean, I had a bad enough target people knowing that my uncle was a world champion when I was a schoolboy racer. And like, you know, to have your father's famous racing number on your back. No, no way in hell. So, you know, he's doing it and he's riding it and he's he's living it. And now he's on Grand Prix and win number two and thoroughly deserved. Um, is it was he the fastest over the weekend? No, Coonan was, but Coonan threw it away. So, you know, what can you do? That's motocross. Um, you know, Coonan needed to uh, stay on the bike and uh, he didn't quite get there. So, sadly... That's how it is. But um, yeah, Liam thoroughly deserves that. Is he going to hack back that magic number 72 points margin? <laughs> it was 18, now it's 72. I mean, it's gone from a demo to Everett, so that's bizarre. But uh, yeah, I don't know. But either way, um, yeah, he's he's been a revelation. And like you say, whatever spell the KTM magic wand got waved in the year 2000, when the millennium changed, the KTM fortune suddenly swung that way and it continues to like you say two young riders everybody doubted them and they're one and two in the series yes Yago got hurt but 
you know, those guys have stuck there. That's motocross again. So, you know, they've done that and that's great. And um, yeah, we'll see. Uh, we'll see which one of them is champion. I think Adamo will hold on, but Liam will push him all the way. Yeah, he's not going to make it easy for him. Obviously, he's said in the press conference after Sweden that, you know, I'm not going to let him have it. This is, uh, you know, this is racing. And and those guys, they sort of do their own thing under the awnings, even though they're teammates, but they're sort of definitely rivals and they don't really have heaps to do with each other, especially during their training programs and on race day. So it'll be interesting. Maybe he'll keep the foot on the throat, keep him honest, but it looks like Adamo will probably have too much. and It'd be kind of cool if he wrapped it up on home soil, but... Yeah, just talking about Liam Everts, when I spoke to him a, a couple of months ago now, just the sort of the mindset was pretty impressive how he was kind of like, no excuses. Yeah, my dad's done this, but, you know, I can't use any of this as excuses. I know I've had good resources, so I need to go and do it. That's on me. So it's like with Deegan in a way, he's had the dad that, you know, he's given them those opportunities, had the resources to succeed, but you just, it's not enough just to have that. You got to put the work in and be really dedicated and want it and be fully committed to what you're doing. Yeah. So definitely deserves praise for that. And how scary is Lucas Coonan's speed, mate? I must say, like, he's proven throughout the year, he's arguably the fastest guy in the class when him and Yago went on peak form and fitness. So it's just crazy. He's just fearless, isn't he? And that massive crash in Sweden, you know, we were talking to Lorenzo about it last week. That was scary, mate. That was just wild. And he wanted to race on the Sunday and he's come out and he's just absolutely flying. So obviously he's got, he's a special talent. He's got a special mindset and just to see him progress in the next couple of years, both, I guess, in the MXGP paddock in MX2 and then it looks like they're heading to America in Supercross. But is there many more talented 250 riders out there, mate? Because he's a freak, isn't he? Yeah, I mean, uh, his riding's not as scary as his pre-race interview, though, is it? I mean, uh, I'm going to make them suffer. I mean, who else says that in a pre-race? Yeah, okay. Yeah, we, we fully believe you, Lucas. You know what I mean? I mean? Yeah, I mean, he just cuts out those mistakes and he's going to be mental next year. So, you know, we, we, we've seen this from riders in the past, uh, broken on onto the scene as a teenager. And like Tortelli was a massively crash-happy rider uh, at a 16, as a 16-year-old. And then in as a 17-year-old, he won all but one of the Grand Prix and then got one taken off him for fuel. But yeah, I mean, you know, Koonin, um, I think next year he's a shoo-in for that World Championship. I think Liam and Andre, Andre have got a massive battle on their hands next year when Lucas finds a bit more consistency. Uh, that's going to be a scary monster. So, yeah, um, he is scary. Uh, <laughs> he's like, but he's all action. I mean, like, you know, I think, uh, yeah, Liam was in second and then I saw yellow flags and, like, I knew without seeing, I knew that Coonan had lost it. You know, I was like, yeah, that's Coonan down. I'm like, yeah, is that Coonan? Yes, it is. And it was. So, you know, it's like, and then he came back and won it again. It's like crazy. So, yeah, um, monster, absolute monster. And, uh, yeah, a massive talent and, I mean, if I was the MXGP bosses now, I'd be doing everything I could to keep him at uh, this side of the Atlantic um, because he's such a, a talent. And uh, obviously, his brother's going to come across. I don't quite know what happened to his brother, but he didn't line up. Yeah, he had uh, that crash, crash on the, in the qualifier. Uh, yeah. He's banged up, I think. So that was a shame. Yeah. Um, Sasha needs to grow a bit. And uh, yeah, you'll be... Um, He'll be eating those steaks over the winter, over the winter, I would think. So feed him as much, as many ribeyes as you possibly can and like, you know, spare the salad, you know, just like pile on the muscle and the pounds and just like get yourself on that bite because at the moment it looks like a, a, a big related five would be too big for him. You know, he's just like, man, get some meat on your bones. So yeah, we hope he's okay. I mean, he's one of those who would have been mustered on one, two, five, but yeah, the 250 and the four strokes are a bit more of a handful for him. So hopefully he'll grow and he'll be able to show his talent because there's no doubt he's talented kid. Uh, but yeah, Lucas... Is, is the complete package. Uh, he's the yeah. jet. 
Uh, and at the moment, Sasha's going to struggle to become the the hunter. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's looking good. Obviously, it was good to see Sasha making some strides, you know, before this GP. You know, he's slowly getting there, but he's just too small, like Tony Caroli was saying. He just needs to grow, you know, like put on muscle, like you said, and and height as well. So if he can do that, should be another, you know, great building year next year, mate. But Langenfelder, how good is he? All services, another complete package. You know, he's pretty much been on the podium every single race since that injury return. I'm a big fan, mate. Speaking to him, you know, a couple of weeks ago, he's just a weapon. Like, great attitude, great mindset, super nice kid. Just puts in the work and the shadows. Doesn't, not so much fanfare about it all. He just gets on with his work. And, you know, you think about the sand skills, and obviously they're massive. And he, before Lommel, when he put on that, you know, that last sort of great effort, he only had one sand session. So it just shows you what a talent he is and just how good he is on everything, mate. Because I think, you know, people probably don't realize maybe he's a little bit underrated. Maybe he set the bar so high when he won that Madeley Basin last year and then he was just consistent throughout the year. But I think he's a legitimate force for that title next year and probably definitely could have been this year. He probably would have had it in the bag if he stays fit, even though he's sort of the start of the year wasn't super great for him. He won that second moto in Trentino. Then Spain, he was just flawless and then he had the injury. But sort of a year of missed opportunities for a lot of these guys and he'll probably feel the same way too, won't he? Um, yeah, I think so. Um, although what happened in race two? That was really weird. I mean, he was up mm. there. He started. He uh, yeah. got overhauled by Adamo and just didn't seem to have the same spark. Um, yeah. And that was the Grand Prix gone. You know, he only needed to be, I think, was it fifth or at least fourth? And he would have won the Grand Prix. Um, so where did he go? What happened? Mm, yeah, uh, and that was point. a bit weird. I, I did not expect him to disappear like that. Um, so maybe it's just he hasn't raced himself back into fitness yet. That might be a factor because it was demanding. Uh, the track was demanding and the conditions and the heat were demanding as well. So that might well be a factor. I don't know. But I was surprised that he wasn't up there and as much of a force in the second one. And the way Adamo passed him, it was just to, just, to, to coin one of your local expressions. It was too easy, mate. And uh, yeah, he just got uh, like, you know, just completely moved them out of the way. So yeah, that was a bit strange. Um, yeah, like you say, a good winter, um, good uh, good training in such a good team that he's in with the Gas Gas boys, with Prado there, etc. And Carly, then yeah, Langefelder should respond and should give us a, a good challenge next year. So yeah, MX2 next year is going to be tough. Kuden's going to be on it. Everett's and Adamo are still improving. And um, yeah, the um, not just the Kuhn brothers, but yeah, Langefelder um, and Benestom will also be in the mix. So yeah, MX2, is the future is still bright for sure. Yeah, just talking about Germany for the nations, obviously Langenfelder is a great rider to have in that team. Then you've got the choice of Spees, Koch, Nagel, obviously still ripping it up in the Adax. And they're always hopeful Roxon will come and do it. Obviously, I think he put a social post. He was back in Germany catching up with the lads. So hopefully they're able to maybe sort of twist his arm and get him to do the nations. It'll be pretty <laughs> epic. Pretty epic. And especially with all those World Supercross rumours flying around about the series uh, you yeah. know, shortening, having a bit of an issue there. So your thoughts on that, mate? Germany could be a smoky for the podium if they get Roxon. Oh, mate, if Roxon turns up, it'd be tricky. Um, it's going to be uh, exciting. It's going to be great to see. But uh, will he have the chops to hang on to the likes of Lawrence and Fevre? I don't quite think so. Which, yeah, I mean, I think Langenfeld is up there as a threat for the individual races. I don't think, no, I don't think Germany are a threat for the podium, even with Roxon, I'll be honest. Yeah, absolutely, mate. We'll sort of wrap it up if you're running out of battery. But yeah, quick Iron Man preview, mate. You excited for it? Jet, does he go undefeated, mate? Can we do it? We spoke about in the SMX review show with Brad, but surely he's got to do it, mate. Hopefully he does. You sort of a one-off opportunity. This you never know when it'll, you'll go undefeated again. It's such a rare feat. It's incredible what he's doing. He's usually had excellent starts, even though he showed he didn't really need to 
have those starts because he came through the field impressively last weekend. But yeah, power finesse, mate, intelligent, great lines, complete package. You know, he just does everything so well. He's so comfortable on the bike, leaning it in there. He's weight in his body. He's, everything's in line, mate. So he can win in all types of ways. So can he go undefeated, mate? And does his brother obviously wrap up the title, looking like he'll do that as well. So he needs to keep it on two wheels, basically, and he's got it done. So should be a pretty happy weekend for the Aussies if all goes to plan, mate. But in motocross, that's not often the case. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, very much so. I mean, um, yeah, Hunter just needs a decent result and he's, he's champion and I think he'll get there. Um, Jet being perfect, I've got a feeling he won't. I've got a feeling that Iron Man is just going to kick him the backside a little bit. I don't know why. I just, it's, it's just, it's, you, just, you know. You just make a mistake then, mate. You, you get your words mixed up then? <laughs> Sorry? <laughs> <laughs> Talking smack on I mean, the Aussie. You <laughs> You keep your competitive instincts buried, Mr. Stratman, but I can tell you're a properly, a properly. Uh, I mean, you were very close to saying, look, man. Like, yeah. you know, most Australians say, look, mate, it's clearly going to win it. You know, and uh, I think you were just about to say that, weren't you? Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, he certainly deserves it. And yeah, it would be great to see. I've just got a feeling it not. I've just got a feeling that Chase is going to be on it. And um, yeah, he wants to round out the Honda career and say, cheerio, I'm taking my uh, Number one super cross plate to, to KTM and on we go. So yeah, it's yeah, I don't know. I, I yeah, I'd love to see it. And Jet is champion, he deserves to be and and brilliant for him. Um, but yeah, I just think I think Chase has got a shot good store for us. Oh, it'll be interesting, mate. It'll Sorry. be fascinating to see how it plays out. And you guys will be probably tuned in in some capacity at the races there at Fox Tour, mate. I don't know. There was supposed to be like this Motovision thing, and I was really looking forward to seeing the old uh, da 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 Motovision soundtrack going on, but I've not seen where it is. So I found the bar clearly, um, but I can't see where <laughs> where where the uh, the Motovision movies are going to get played. So hopefully they'll, they'll have a bit of that, and hopefully they'll they'll keep that going, and we'll um uh, we'll get the AMAs on the on the big screen tomorrow night. So that'd be great. Um, but yeah, we've got Pulp MX here, which would be interesting. Um, we'll see what's going on there. I'm gonna. Go and heckle him. I'm going to just shout out Vice Life every time he starts talk, talking. <laughs> that would be cool. You know, yeah. Mathis, Vice Life. And uh, see what happens. You know, but um, yeah, so hopefully we'll be able to watch it. And yeah, it'd be good. And obviously, yeah, we'll bring it to you on MX5. So yeah, yeah. it's going to be cool. And just the last one, mate. Who's the predictions for the big races uh, at your event there? And just a couple of predictions for AMA if you want to just give us the winners because we sort of did it the other day. But yeah, just give us those. Yeah. The winners for AMA, I think, is going to be Chase uh, in the 450s. Sorry, mate. And, um, yeah, I think Deegan, uh, although he's lost the championship, I think he's going to make a point by winning uh, the 250s. Um, in the in the Vets Nations, um, I, I, I think they'll, they're going to miss Villapoto. Um, I think Tyler Bowers is is good and on the 500 as well. That's good. That's quite a weapon around here. Um, but I think Cyril, Pocock and Anderson are going to bring it home for Team GB, for sure. Yeah. Although, I'm surprised to see... Bobrashev riding for Team Rest of the World uh, win both motors. Yeah, okay. uh, win all four, or at least win because there's four motors, two Saturday, two Sunday, so at least three out of four for Bobrashev, I reckon. <laughs> so it's going to be a great weekend in store, mate, and have a good one. And I'll just quickly shout out to the sponsors. Firstly, in part two is brought to you by AS3 Performance Parts, the home of aftermarket motocross and enduro parts, from hardware and protection parts, including skid plates and radiator braces, to performing cooling parts, including silicon radiator hoses and oversized impeller kits. AS3 also have a huge range of brake, clutch, and gear levers, all with different features and adjustability. Check them out online at asgperformance.co.uk. And the Kawasaki Motors UK also are pleased to announce the arrival of the KLX 140R range, 
They're definitely loving the coverage of Fevra Kawasaki. So we'll keep it coming for them, mate. As the easy to ride KLX 140R lineup offers a 140cc engine plus suspension and push button electric start making for great trailblazers. Get in the tent there, mate. Get Tommy Searle's bike out. And uh, yeah, the KLX 140R machines come in three different sizes, ranging from Junior's first tentative steps to pushing the door wide open on adult riding. The highly regarded KLX 140R range is ready and willing to add fun and enjoyment in 2023. Contact your local off-road dealership for more information. All right, Ben Rumble, thanks again for joining us. Any final thoughts before we let you go? Yeah, fun and enjoyment. Yeah, we can, you know, just about nearly uh, got myself into trouble with the Revo team there. So, yeah, look, I just got run over by uh, one bloke with two girls on the back of the scooter. Somebody's feeling ambitious. <laughs> <laughs> yes, mate. Yeah, going to be a stunning weekend at BMXC and Fox Hill. And uh, if you're down here and you see a lanky bearded guy on his own by the bar, we'll have a chat. So, yeah, be, uh, it's going to be a good one. And uh wish you were here, man. We need yep. to get you here one year. Sure. Yeah, mate. I'm keen. But no, bye, yeah, bye. yeah, worldwide. So, yeah, thanks for taking the time, mate. It was a good little preview pod, that one, a bit of everything. So all the best and have a great weekend. Cheers, Ed. Cheers, all. And thanks to everybody at MX Vice for listening. And, uh, yeah, see you soon. Take care. See you, mate.